Welcome to a single serving podcast. This is where we change the discussion around being single into one that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I'm a writer and freelancer based in Brooklyn, and I've been single for 11 years. Whenever I see content for single women online, it's about dating, how to date, where to date, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I think we deserve more than that. So on this podcast, it's my goal to expand what we talk about when we talk about being single and acknowledge the realities of it that non-single people don't get to see. I'll be joined every week by guests and we'll talk about the positives, the negatives, and all the parts in between, and hopefully laugh about them too. Thank you so much for joining me. Before I get started, I want to talk about a couple of ways that you can connect with a single serving podcast. You can always email me at a single serving podcast at gmail.com if you have questions, ideas, or know of a great guest that I should have on. You can also follow a single serving podcast on Twitter or Instagram. And if you're looking for more community around being single, I really encourage you to join the Facebook group called a single serving podcast. Um, and beyond that, if you could take a second to leave a rating and a review for this podcast, that's a really big deal and extremely helpful for me. So I appreciate your time. I'm ready to get started now. And um, I'm really excited about today's guest because if there's one thing that's been lacking in all of my work around writing about being single and podcasting about being single, it's definitely the male perspective. So you guys, I'm talking to a boy. My guest today is Jake Kilroy. And um, I wanted to have him on the podcast because I found him on, found him, like he's a fucking four-leaf clover. I came across his writing on Medium, and I was really interested in it and sort of taken aback by it, Um, not because it's awesome, which it is, but because of the topic matter that Jake centered around. He has a piece on Medium called, Women of My Family, I Beg You, Let Me Die Alone, and before you read anything else on Medium or anywhere else, please go and read this piece. It is so funny and so insightful. And just a really, really refreshing take on being single from the male perspective. And as soon as I read it, I knew that I wanted Jake to be on this podcast. So hi, Jake, and welcome. Hey, thank you very much for having me. And also for calling me a four-leaf clover. So why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, like what you do and, and you know, how you got started writing and, and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I've been a writer my whole life. It's the only thing I've ever truly uh, loved and I think been good at. Uh, and so it's kind of manifested in different avenues. I got a degree in print journalism in 2008, which was a, oh yeah. Uh, but at the time I thought it was more concrete than creative writing. And then I realized, you know, newspapers were going the way of, I don't know, everything else printed. Dude, I took the bar exam in the summer of 2008. You want to talk about like a shit situation? (laughs) It's weird too, because anyway. so many people should have been sued that year. But anyway. um, so I, I uh, got a degree in journalism, also like a minor in poli sci, and then went into uh, a business magazine where I was an editorial assistant and blogger. And then that whole thing kind of went the way of also print journalism. Right. Uh, and so they gutted the editorial department, and then I moved into advertising. And so I was in advertising for a handful of years and then at some point I had too many responsibilities and it wasn't that much writing and I wasn't very good at managing my own time and money outside Mm -hmm. of work and I was in charge of budgets and like contractor time that sounds terrible yeah it was very bad I was very bad at it and the company was cool but I was horrendous at 
it's like I couldn't even figure out like a grocery budget at the time. And so it's like, okay, we're going <laughs> to give you like $200,000 budget. And it's like, you should not do that. That should be illegal. <laughs> and so uh, I quit without a plan. And then I became a freelance writer. For some reason, it just happened to be I needed work. And suddenly many people had work to give me. And so I ended up writing for a number of publications and then I was living on the road at that time. And so once I moved back, I got a degree as a writer editor for a travel hospitality company. And that's where I currently am, but I still freelance on the side. Um, the reason that your piece on Medium really stood out to me is that I pretty obviously love when anyone challenges the way that society or friends and family discuss being single, think about being single or deal with single people. And so the way that you approached your family in terms of just like, just let me be this, <laughs> like, don't try to change this, just accept that this is what I am. Um, it really spoke to me. And that's why I thought you would be a great fit for what I like to talk about on the podcast. But to give everybody listening a little bit more background, um, could you just tell us like a little bit more about your thoughts on being single specifically? Like, you know, do you enjoy it? Do you plan to be single forever? Like give us the overall, like being single by Jake. Totally. Uh, so I haven't always been single and I won't always be single, but it's for sure my default operating system. Um, in the past, uh, and I can't speak to how the future is going to go, but uh, every few years, I think I'd fall like bonk ass hard for a gal that more or less blindsides me. But otherwise I'm, pretty enthusiastic about not having a dedicated partner um and it's single has always made sense to me and i recognize that being single can inherently be easier because you don't have to check in with anyone to do whatever you want and so as much as that sounds just like an indulgent festival of one person um <laughs> I just I, I think people are just wired differently and some people are if there was some sort of scale of single at one end and relationships at the other everyone has a different percentage of where they lean mm -hmm. just tip, just typically in default and that totally depends on who's surrounding you and all that but uh, I think some people are more wired for singlehood some people are more wired for relationships people operate better in relationships some people operate better at single some people operate better poly people it's just like there's so many avenues to exist that um the idea that this is like a plan like single is a plan b and not just another option at the same level as relationships will always strike me as bizarre yeah um but uh so that's been my experience as a dude in southern california who has predominantly been single um that it's always made more sense to me and it's always, or it's not always, but uh, typically been my preference. And it seems to be like a really conscious thing for you, which is fascinating to me because I've never, I've honestly never talked to a guy about just sort of the conscious state of being single. It's never dawned on me that guys ever really think about their relationship status because I've had such limited and garbage experiences with men <laughs> via dating apps and what have you. Um, but it's, it seems like for you, it is a very conscious thing and in such a, such a cool way. And I'm wondering if that sort of recognition that being single is just like your operating system, was there a moment where that clicked on for you or has it just kind of always been your, your take? Um, 
I definitely can't think of a specific moment that shaped my perception of singlehood. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember early, like in high school, having a really hard time wrapping my head around the idea of sharing my existence so entirely. Um, I mean, I was like many teenagers where my brain was eating itself at every <laughs> waking moment. But I just couldn't figure out the idea or I just it was almost like a word problem or math that I just couldn't figure out where things placed to be able to, in my brain at the time, see myself as like 50% of something yeah, uh, of an existence. And I mean, that's a ridiculous thought to have at 16, but I just, that made things very hard for the summer that I had a girlfriend who was a terrific human being and still is, and had to deal with a lot of mania, but I just, didn't quite make sense to me. And I've definitely have meditated on that in the many, many years since, but that was probably the initial moment that Mm -hmm. I realized that I would rather prefer this. And also because everyone was getting so excited about being in relationships for the first time, because being 15 and 16 is when everyone starts kind of really figuring that out. Yeah. And I figured it out a few steps and then I just didn't, want to have what everyone else was having I just couldn't really get there yeah and that's something yeah and that's something that I could like looking back I don't know if that was just I couldn't figure it out or I just didn't want it at the time it was very confusing and um, well we're not educated about it we're never really told like this is what being in a relationship means this is what it can be this is what it could look like if it was really healthy and, and beneficial to both parties it's just like hey, let's hold hands after school for five minutes before we get on the bus. And that means we're dating. Like, it's just, there's no education around it. There's just like, build the wings of the plane as you fly it. And there's just a lot of crashing as a result. So a lot of those, I think that it probably like dawned on you at a really early age and in a really cool way that that wasn't something that you wanted to do. I, I wish that I had like had that moment younger. I don't, I think I was like fucking 30 when that dawned on me, but. I think that that's a really cool thing to start grasping young is like not understanding this gravitational pull toward partnership without having some sort of like perspective on it first. It seemed like parts of it made sense to me, at least. Like, And then so it was like if someone was pitching relationships, it was like at that age of just you can have someone to make out with and like, you know, figure out sex with. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then it was like, OK, but you are going to hang out like all the time. I'm just like, well, I have other stuff I want to do. And they're like, no. And so no, there's like, going to be a lot of emotional issues that come with that experimentation as well. Yeah. And it, every relationship is different. And I don't think I gave that angle enough credit, just that just because other people had relationships a certain way, that didn't mean that I couldn't, I could figure out my own way of how I wanted a relationship to look. By the time it was, it just seemed like everyone was going full force into this and everyone was like eyes glazed over about being in relationships and that I think maybe had me step backwards. It's like, okay, I, I mean, there's like a lot of stuff I want to do. I'm just now becoming a person. So it was like parts of it sounded like really cool. And then it was like the pitch went too far. It was like, oh, but you're also going to be responsible for like this person's entire fragile happiness at this insane age where everyone's brains are on fire. And I was like, oh, what? And they're like, they're going to be in charge of your happiness too. And I was like, oh, that's too much. <laughs> that's way too much. And it's so not true. Like, and that's another thing I wish that we knew younger is that like our happiness is always going to be our own responsibility, whether we're single partnered or otherwise, like it's 
always on us, but we right. start attaching that happiness and that joy to another person because it feels so amazing to be with another person. Um, but there's got to be like way more, you know, stewardship of our own happiness than there ever is, whether oh. like whatever age you are in your partnering. So this podcast thus far has only spoken to women. Um, in writing about being single, I've only spoken from a woman's perspective because I am one. Um, so I'm most like, I happen to be recording our conversation for a podcast, but I'm genuinely interested in your perspective. And I would be asking you this shit if a microphone wasn't in front of my face. I'm really interested to know the perspective of a man when it comes to single life. Like what is single life like for a man? Because I have no idea. So I feel like I do not have a great robust answer because <laughs> I assume to me, it's just single is you get to do, you know, whatever suits you. And that doesn't play into any potential role as like man or woman. But uh, I do recognize that the pressures applied to a woman versus a man is wildly different um, because the different, I mean, family gets way harder uh, on single women. And I only know that because of my friends uh, who are single women. And um, also a concern about biological clock is not there for a man, which for sure allows them to be, I don't know. I mean, that's the biggest point of bullshit, right? Like that's right. the thing that really drives the knife in and twists it is that like, there's literally a time frame for women and, and men can have babies forever, which is so weird when you think about it. Yeah. I, I do not know enough about science to go beyond me just saying yes to that because it's like, <laughs> it's no, it's totally crazy. And it's uh, the idea of that being an aspect is so not a part of my existence. And I recognize that that is like a wildly unfair variable and, uh, because I'll have similar experiences as a single dude with uh, single women friends, but that part will come up and it's just like, I don't have anything close to an equal in that regard. Um, and, and it so, feels easier from your side of the fence than from theirs. Totally. Yeah. And so to me, being single as a dude is the same as being single as anyone, where it's just like, if you're not in a relationship, you can focus on whatever. That's just an aspect that's totally removed and you can still date. You can still have uh, casual whatever. Yeah. And so um, as long as you're communicative about what you're looking for and what you're interested in, single life for me has been very, I don't know, freeing in a way where, man, when I became a freelance writer, I just put everything in storage and then traveled for like a year and a half. Like full on Kerouac. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely satisfied uh, the decaying 16-year-old uh, <laughs> in me who read On the Road and thought, wow, this book is about such cool adventure. And then I read On the Road as an adult, and I was like, this book is about like really sad, pathetic escapism. <laughs> but, uh, and so, yeah, at some point, I had a friend who was just driving around the country in an Airstream, and I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. I can work from anywhere as a freelance writer. So I jumped in there for like three months. And so... Uh, we cruised through like the South and did all that. And it was something I made the decision to do and I didn't have to check in with anyone. I really just had to make sure I wasn't missing any like family weddings or anything like that. Sure. Um, and so 
beyond that, yeah, it's it just seems like whatever I want to do, I go ahead and do that, which has manifested in incredible ways of being able to have experiences that I wouldn't have had otherwise if I wasn't able to just make a decision to at the drop of a hat. But that's also played in, I think, to an ease of indulgence because if you have no one ever stopping right, you. Right, right. And I mean, I have a very active social life with friends and family and with women. Unless you're in a committed relationship where you have an expectation to see someone a certain amount of times a week, a month, without that, it just seems very easy to just be whoever or however you want to be. And so I cannot speak at all to how it's male specific in that regard, but that be, is being single to me is just kind of freedom. Uh, and you can totally have that in a relationship, but not like decision, you can when you're single. Yeah. You just can't like the fact that I put everything in storage except for like two duffel bags. And I was like, I'm just going to do this indefinitely. Like I couldn't, <laughs> I don't know how I'd pitch that to someone I was dating relatively seriously. I think freedom and selfishness are being singles top two selling points. They're my favorite things without question. And they're the things that I find myself reiterating to single women the most when it gets really easy to get stuck in the mire of, you know, a shitload of bad dates or never meeting anyone or just like the horrible things that make single women often feel like we're failing at this. Like the reminder of the level of freedom and the amount of selfishness that are just totally okay. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. And it's like started to develop in me, like almost a fear of partnership because I don't know (laughs) how to stop doing this in a way that has balance. I mean, I'll, for the, you know, eventually for the right person, I will work it out and there will be plenty of motivation to do so. But at the moment, like, it's really nice to make those spur of the moment decisions that drive you and that, you know, push you further towards something you want to do or try or experience without, you know, needing I hate the word permission but like without needing someone else's buy-in it's just yeah there's so much freedom to it and there's so much fun to it and I think I think eventually we're, we're all going to exist in a state of partnership and maybe we go back to a state of being single after that or whatever but forgetting to appreciate the moments where we have this freedom to me that's a crime I think we have to appreciate how free we are and how selfish we're able to be and really think about how we want to spend this time and how we want to enjoy this time. And then think of partnership as like, okay, now how do we want to spend that time and enjoy that time? Cause it's just going to be different. Not one being better or worse than the other. Man, that was a way better answer. I wish I had said what you said. I've been saying this shit for a long time. Like I feel like <laughs> I, could just, I could have like, you know, needle pointed pillows around the house with this stuff at this point. Anyway. So also with like what you said, uh, it, where my misunderstanding of his like existence as a teenager was I don't want to be 50% of something is uh, because at that time you don't really have everything figured out. But like what you're talking about is how I think adults should see single them is, you know, you're a hundred percent of your entire existence, whether you're in a relationship or not. And that it's, you know, you're a hundred percent of maybe 200%, but uh, that figuring out the logistics of moving into partnership is totally doable um given circumstance i mean i'm terrible but, at math but i like the calculation right. I like yeah it. man i'm also terrible at math so it works out great for me yeah but uh the idea of being like exactly who you are single and then moving into a partnership is like i'm you're still wanting to carry over all those interests and 
ideally a relationship is two people getting to do as much of whatever they want as humanly possible. Exactly. I mean, that sounds nice. Um, yeah, again, in theory, but also terrible yeah. at science and math. So Right, yeah, we don't know how this shit's going to play out in real life, guys. We have no idea. The next thing I want to get into, um, and apologize for making you a guinea pig, but you know, you knew what you were getting into. Um, so single men out there in the ether have a pretty bad reputation. I mean, certainly one that I contribute to giving them, um, just for being kind of um, being kind of terrible online with, you know, like the occasional dick pic the prevalent ghosting, the, you know, just in general, overall lack of manners in the dating space today. Like there's a reason that women are kind of exhausted with this shit. Um, And the reason I'm so happy that I get to talk to you is I want to know if men are exhausted with this shit too. I want to know if it's just as difficult on the other side of the fence, or if you wish single men were viewed in a different way if maybe this reputation is unearned like is there sort of an ideal way that you would like society to view single men okay time to represent single dudes (laughs) i mean no pressure i do think that there's like an inherency to believe that single men younger ones especially are either peter panning playboying out or both Mm -hmm. um and also that's totally the case sometimes sometimes uh single dudes are awful uh yeah I, I, like, you know we've met before so yeah. like i'm well acquainted with that it's like it's but it, it's mind-blowing to me because just screenshots that uh friends will post on social media where i like I, I can't wrap my head around the thought process that went into their side of an interaction i don't believe that there's an ideal way for single men to be viewed in society because as lazy as it sounds, it's like a case by case basis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, some single dudes are 100% going to be uh, emotionally manipulative for sex and they deserve the bad reputation. Yeah. And then some single dudes, I guess just aren't interested in the community relationship and whether that means they enjoy dating multiple people or staying home and doing puzzles. I don't think I have anywhere near the same experience because women have never been mean to me. I've never gotten some weird, super close up photo of like a butthole, which would be like surprising um, (laughs) to get like pretty right away. But uh, there is just like a difference from the interaction that I see. I mean, ghosting people will ghost everyone in everyone direction in every direction, Mm -hmm. but they're, from what I've seen is just personal internal violence okay. to an idea of being rejected that are, that has the potential to be in men that I have not experienced in women. So in that regard, I'm like some single dudes are terrible. Some single dudes are great, but there is a potential for them to be terrible in a way that isn't present, I think, in single women. I wish we talked about a guy's fear of rejection more often in a more open and like accepting way. Because I think if if we try to hide it and not discuss like, hey, guys are really afraid of getting rejected. I think on the other side, women would feel the exact same way. It's just like we tend to more openly talk about our rejections more. And I I would love to be able to talk with men more often about like the fears and the anxieties around interacting with 
the opposite sex if you're heterosexual. This is a very heterosexual podcast, yeah. by the way. I'm very aware of that. It's a very gendered moment, but I'm I'm rolling with it. But I would like to talk about like there is a vulnerability there on both sides. And I don't think that we talk about the male vulnerability very much. And I would like to, because I think there are there are really cool perspectives there that I think are worth mentioning and worth talking about. And that's another one of the reasons why your piece stood out to me is it's like guys talk about this stuff too, or they certainly can talk about it too. It's just so rare that I saw it. It was like seeing a chupacabra on the side of the freeway. It was just like, (laughs) what is this? This is like a guy talking about being single in a way that's like, Hey, this is just an okay thing rather than like, Oh, I want to be single because I want to fuck all the time. Like it's not, there was no cliche about it. There was just a lot of honesty and I dig that. Um, I'm going to get you on my PR team. (laughs) Right. Someone posted a tweet that was, like who handles rejection better men or women mm-hmm. and the quote tweet that uh blew up just said like men will literally kill you and that was like uh the summary of just like yeah that's not a threat and the vice versa yeah i've heard it i've heard it a lot of different ways like um eliza schlesinger has a great bit in um elder millennial where she talks about how um men deal with rejection so often from women or much more from women because they have more at bats to be rejected potentially that um, because traditionally speaking, men have made the first move when it comes to like approaching women or talking to women or, you know, just sort of getting things rolling. Um, So with that increase in at bats, there's an increase in opportunities for rejection, obviously. And because women have fewer at bats, they have fewer, moments of exposure to rejection, um, which in some ways I agree with, in some ways I don't, because I think a lot of the, a lot of the rejection that happens to women is like silent and like, you know, we can go really long periods of time without connecting with anyone, without going on a date, without matching with anyone, without being fixed up with anyone, without doing anything. And those long extended periods of silence are essentially just like, you know, this, giant ball of saltwater taffy rejection being stretched out over time and it's covering us and that's that's sort of the unseen rejection that i think we deal with a lot um man that is a fascinating it's okay like when we're talking about the difference between being single as a, a man and a woman that is an incredible description and insight to a difference that yeah that holy crap yeah sorry that just stuck with me of just that's something that i've never had to consider just like those long silences that exist and potentially like way down in an unexpected way it happens over time it happens over a really long period of time right um or you know however you feel time it can be years for some people it can be weeks for others it's it's all how you interpret time and how you like sort of take in that information um but i've always i mean if i have one question for the universe that i hope i find out at some point in this lifetime or the next is i want the numbers. I want to know how many single men exist and how many single women exist. Because if you go by like cultural anecdote, there's like 30 of us for every one of you. And I just, I can't believe that that's true. I really can't. Like when people have kids, it's a 50, 50 shot. Like I just don't believe that things are so unbalanced. Um, I just think that single women are more sort of out there with the pursuit of no longer being single than men are. Um, And I also have like, whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. And maybe you can help me, but I have this cultural perception that 
single women, certainly single women over a certain age. Um, I'm 36, so I'm mainly talking about like the over 30 crowd, but mm-hmm. single women are seen as sad and a single man in her age bracket is seen as a waste. And it's that difference that I think, I mean, for me, just fucking stings to feel like it's sad that I'm single and it's a shame that you're single. And I don't know if it's universally, well, nothing's universally true, but like, for me, that's how I've felt the most significant impact is like, oh, there's a single dude. Let's all fix him up with one of the 80 amazing single women we know because we know so many of them. I think whenever I've encountered single men, friends of mine or colleagues or anything, um, they're constantly being fixed up. It's very rare that they have to like go out into the online ether to date. It always seems like somebody, and rightly so, because I think if you interact with someone who's amazing and they make you think of a great friend of yours, you might want them to meet. And I think that's a great thing and we should all keep doing that. But it's so rare that that's ever happened to me. I don't think that's ever happened to me. I don't know that I've ever been like legitimately fixed up apart from my mom being like, so this woman at synagogue, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I can't with that. That's a whole other, whole other thing. But do, do you see that like sad versus waste thing? Or am I like slightly too much in my own bubble? No way. I totally think that that is uh, a thing that is present. I mean, I very much obviously think that it is not true. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely sexist. But I like, I, I don't, mean, what isn't? Yeah, man, that is a good takeaway from this podcast. <laughs> um, but the, like, there's a million reasons that any person can be single. Just because a woman like isn't in a relationship, that doesn't mean she's looking to be, whether right now or ever. The idea of single women, especially, man, it's like such a small time frame. Like, uh, you're figuring out your insane romp of a brain as a teenager, and then college is like this weird trial period of sort of adulthood um and you kind of figure out what you're into in this world with total availability and then you know that's given now i mean you're graduating by like your mid-20s and then by over 30 it's just like oh it's real sad now <laughs> like yeah. you're not and the thing is like we're supposed to like life is expectancy is supposed to, is going up and we're still harboring onto this age bracket of supposed to be married that seems largely dated to me it seems batshit to me that's what it seems yeah and so go sorry go ahead i was like we're gonna be here a while like we have lots of time and i think i think lots of partners i think there's potential for like our lives to like grow and evolve and maybe we have one partner for life and maybe we have several maybe there are like life stages where we are better suited to certain relationships or, you know, more in need of education from certain relationships. I think everybody is here to teach us. So I think that that can change and evolve over time for sure. And another really valid way to spend that time is by yourself because there's, I think, just as much to learn. Um, To say nothing of the fact that like not every partnership is happy. So it should not be seen as like this, this all out goal. And I think, I honestly do think that we're getting better in recognizing that that life can look a lot of different ways, but for some reason it's that it's that first gut reaction to someone who's single male or female. It is that first gut reaction from the relative you rarely see or the friend from college you catch up with over Thanksgiving. It's that first gut reaction. Like if you say that you're single, there's something wrong with that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care like what you're like, how you identify. I think that that single moment is a sad one and I'm, I'm doing my level best to change that. So you guys let me know if it's getting better out there. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm doing everything I can on this end. Uh, yeah. And I, I, mean, I do agree that, that um, it does seem more just if the part of potential partnership is not ideal, it's not like you have to kind of see how that goes. You can just like not be in it. And uh, there's always a million variables at play, but um, it does seem to be the case that more so than, I mean, definitely with having the conversation with my parents, my parents have always been extremely understanding and supportive of whatever I do, as long as it's not like arson. But the, I mean, them talking about their generation is so much different from me talking about where my friends are at this age. And I know that each age kind of each generation kind of drags out their age brackets a bit of when certain things are acceptable. I mean, my parents uh, were getting married in their mid twenties. My grandparents were getting kind of married at, 20 yeah mine were right. 20 and 19 i think yeah i mean by the time that i was just starting to black out at bars my grandma reminded me that she had like i don't know two kids and one on the way i don't know i don't remember the math but she definitely threw that at me at some point um but i was definitely in return she was like do you think i should be a parent right now and she's like no i don't think you should not even close. <laughs> i remember my grandmother asking me once when i was about 20 or 21 she said shania are you dating anybody and I said, no, grandma, I'm not. And she said, good. Don't date somebody. Date everybody. And that, oh, man, I mean, she was brilliant. She was an absolutely brilliant woman that has stuck with me forever and ever. Yeah, that's a really good. Right? You should, that should be needle pointed. You know what? <laughs> somebody call Etsy. Let's just let's take care of this shit. I have one more question that I want to ask you. Um, in general, I'm not giving you any prompt at all here, but what are your thoughts on single women? Man, I would love to have a good answer for this one, too. <laughs> But let's think, I I honestly don't have any tremendously deep thoughts on single women. Uh, Relationships can be radically cool deals, but they don't have to complete an existence. So that's the thing is, uh, single women, I mean, I just see you're either single or you're kind of single or not single. And so I definitely have a different experience as a man being single versus a woman being single, but yeah, all the stigma and like the weird shit that gets like tackled onto women's angles to be dragged through <laughs> through their twenties and thirties, and no, it, forever. It's always a deal that they get that weird, like you said, that women are. It's like sad, and single men are a waste. Yeah. Um, I don't believe any of that. If you want to be single, cool. If you don't want to be single, I am not a dating expert. By any means, this is my first time on a dating podcast. Oh, this is not and a dating so, podcast, my friend. This is a, a single podcast. Like, there you go. Yeah. So, like, a difference, a huge difference. You're massively qualified to be on this podcast, Jake. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> are you single? Yes. All right. You can be on this podcast. Yeah, I think that we should embrace what we are and enjoy what we are and have so much fun with it um, because it is actually it is actually really fun when you take a step back from everything that's like not serving you in a positive way. And I think it's a little bit easier for women to get stuck in the shit than it is for men. I don't know why. And I don't have any solutions or insights because I'm not a man, but I do have more insights than I used to 40 minutes ago, Jake. So thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do think that, I do think that women, uh, I mean, it's for as much as uh, 
a person tries to be exactly who they are, if you hear something enough, it gets to be pretty hard to ignore. Um, and that goes for anything. And even if it's like your internal monologue of just, you know, you are this way, you can't change or like, you just kind of get beat over the head with it. And even if you don't believe that that's true, it sort of gets absorbed to some degree, just like accidentally. So if women are hearing this ridiculous stigma shit of just, you know, this is sad, but you know, men are just, Oh, he's so great. He should be in a relationship. It's a waste. Like, it's pretty hard not to absorb that and kind of have that at play, even just to work against in your mind. But we take on that energy for sure. Like totally that becomes a part of us. And I I wish that, I mean, there are ways to just clear it and to, to move past it for sure. But, and you have to work at it. And that's like something that men don't even have to deal with because like no one's constantly like berating men uh, in the same way at all. So it's, we don't absorb anything close to that. We don't have to work against it. We're not even being told that, but I don't know. No matter who you are, if you're single, you can wake up on a Saturday morning and decide to go skydiving and not have to see if that's cool with the person in bed next to you. So that is a huge plus for being single. You can just do whatever, no matter how crazy. It just has to be cool with you. Yeah, man. See, that's a really good, that's another good needlepoint project. (laughs) All right. I'm on it. Thank you so much for joining me, Jake. I've had so much fun talking with you and I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That was awesome. A big thank you to my guest, Jake Kilroy, for joining me. He is a writer on Medium, and you can check out his work in the show notes below. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I hope everyone had a fantastic holiday weekend. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review for this podcast, and I will see you next Monday.